Hello and welcome to Scottish Independence Podcasts. This week we are looking at the coronation. So join us and find out what we did on Coronation Day and a clue we weren't watching the telly. So this is all about the coronation but actually neither of us were watching it live because we were on the march. So Fiona, here we are again and time it's all about things coronational. You and I didn't watch it any of it live. In fact, I don't even know if you've watched any of it yet, but we certainly didn't watch it live because we were in Glasgow on the March for Independence, weren't we? We were, and what a fantastic day. I haven't seen a second of the coronation footage. The only thing I've seen was a picture of Penny Mordaunt holding a sword upside down, and we had a picture of you holding it the right way up at the march. So (laughs) I don't know what she was thinking. And also somebody had rather unkindly suggested that the the logo on her hat was exactly like the Poundland brand. I don't agree with one thing that Penny Mordaunt's, of Penny Mordaunt's political views, but I must say I do think she deserves some kudos for holding that great big bloody (laughs) sword up for an hour. It must have been well over an hour. Apparently she did press-ups and weightlifting to, you know, get herself toned up. Walnuts. There was somebody tweeted, I don't know who it was, one of the Tory MPs, look at how long she's holed up that sword, surely a future PM. Well, hang on a minute, is that all you need to be able to do? <laughs> he, he seems to be kind of going back to the you know medieval kind of, if he can wield a sword properly and probably stick someone with the pointy end, then, then you're, you're a good one to be a king or a queen. Do you know, I think that would be a real sort of crowd pleaser if we went back to jousting rather than having all these elections. I did watch some of the, the coronation, you know, afterwards. Mm-hmm. I did, I did, and I, I mean, I, I think it is interesting because I, you know, when when you look back at those old, those old photos, those old films of the Queen's coronation, whatever you think about whether we want to be a monarchy or not, actually it was quite a majestic event. It was almost the very first big event that the BBC had ever been televised or perhaps anyone had ever televised. Whereas now when you look at this Cornish, it just didn't quite touch me as the, the symbolism of it didn't really touch me. And I thought, well, yeah, because we've all got all sorts of little outtakes about, oh, look, there's, look at Princess Anne's hat. And, you know, you got all that kind of stuff. And it, it just, I think it, we're just too used to being able to be in the midst of a big event like that and maybe somewhere it's detracted from what might have been a bit more a bit more solemn and and, and inspirational but anyway well and when you think about the the wall-to-wall coverage that the royal family gets i mean largely not because of the coronation usually it's because of the antics of the various members so yeah you know yeah. to to actually then change and, and expect to look at them with awe, whereas yeah. before you were looking at them thinking, how come you're not in jail? I suppose that's true, actually. And and I think that's one of the big differences between the situation when the Queen was being crowned. Plus, you know, there you've got a quite beautiful 20-something young woman in the midst of all this, and now we've got a 75-year-old chap who's been waiting for it to happen for decades, I mean, and is the oldest king ever to be crowned in, in England. Still complaining about it as well, sitting in his coach, moaning. It did seem a bit 
grumpy. I, I, don't, I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt and think, oh, well, it was, you know, it was taxing, I suppose. And uh, I know everybody must be sick to the back teeth of hearing about the coronation. So what we thought we would do is we would collect up all the highlights of what was a fantastic day in Glasgow at the Holland One Banner March. Biggest one that we've been out since, certainly before COVID. Yeah. And look through some of the highlights of that day behind the scenes as well as on the march and also some interviews because what we did try and do was record a live podcast while we're there. As you'll find out as we get to that bit, we were up against significant challenges. (laughs) (laughs) We are just getting ourselves set up in Glasgow Green for the march, which will be arriving in maybe an hour's time. I'm going to try and do live stream at about one o'clock. There's also rain scheduled for then, so we'll see. There was a lot of people on the train getting on with flag, expecting there might be a decent size. You just don't know. Hope so. This guy, mm. you, you were over in uh, Glasgow Green and I started off at uh, Kelvin Grove Park. So I got off a number 44 bus and wandered along the road, just, you know, getting closer and closer to where the action was going to be b- before it all started, of course. And then I, I just wandered through, you know, the crowds of people that were there and said hello to folk and started up conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing some film for Scottish Independence Podcast. Where, you, where are you from? St. It's me. You're, you're Falkirk. You're still oh, in here. Yeah, right. yeah, Come yeah. through this morning then. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Not too far. Well, it's not raining too badly yet. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be okay in the middle of that the bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stonehaven. Yeah. Oh, it's worth it. Worth it. Let's yeah. hope this time it's that wee bit better attendance. Yeah, especially so. on this time as well. Yeah, yeah. So there was a bus coming all the way down from Sutherland. Wasn't it? Wonderful. Good. I mean, Good. hope everybody makes a special effort because now is probably a really hard. I think we need it now, yeah. and that you know, hard yeah. press that can been put on us. Yeah, and long may the rain come, and I hope hope it's raining in London. Maybe maybe a thunderstorm or two would be fine. You'll never be my king. (laughs) Never. You think you'll be the last one? Hopefully. I think the onus now, I think there's a momentum now for the the abolish account. And I can't afford it, it's a luxury. It's very expensive. Can't afford them. A hundred million and people can't eat or heat their houses. How low? Yes, the NH. The monarchy represents all that's worst, unequal, and parasitic about capitalist Britain. And join the fight for an independent socialist Scotland, a democratic republic where the people of Scotland rule and not the parasite kings or capitalists. You're not going to miss sitting at home watching the coronation. No. I mean, I, I know I'll be heartbroken tonight, not being able to watch that. I mean, I'll not be able to sleep for weeks. Greeting on it, there'll be a flood in Ayrshire in my tears. I was looking at, I was looking at um, film this morning from London and the Met Police have already arrested yeah, the folk who are protesting against the monarchy and all the pancards getting out. I think that's not even started yet. We just started, chances are they probably weren't even doing anything either. I mean, a peaceful protest, but what's the harm? It's, that new, it's a new bit of legislation they brought in at Westminster, so... Aye, they've snuck that right in, and they knew what they were doing, because they snuck it right in in time for sausage fingers. <laughs> it's nice to see somebody young here. He's international as well. Oh, right, where are you from? Germany. Germany? 
First time in Scotland? Or? No, no, my wife's, my wife's German. And we've, we've lived here for the last three years so that she could finish her education in Scotland. That, that That's was great, point. actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was originally a three month stint just to improve her written English. But after three months, I'd really like to stay. The girls are nice and they like the way they teach and blah, blah, blah. And so we've stayed. So I had to find a job. You had to get a job, right? Um, I, well, I started a business in air, um, a zero waste shop. And then they elected me as a councillor at Central Council. Fantastic. So Fantastic. it's been busy. Yeah, yeah. Are you enjoying living in Scotland? Yeah. Yeah. You come far this morning? Just rather go Rather one. Well, that's not bad, it's not bad, it's outside Glasgow at least, isn't it? More than half, come on, just Scotland and over four bus down the road. But... <laughs> we ran for the train and we thought we were not going to get it. And we ran and we ran and we ran and we busted a fishing rod on the way. We made it! That's great. So you're not missing sitting down watching the coronation on the TV? What's happening? What's happening? Oh, I'm glad the rain's off. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, what a sight. It looks a bit cheery, doesn't it? Well, we hope that gives you a flavour of the excitement waiting for it to all begin. If you'd like to see a video of this, by the way, the video version of this podcast is on our YouTube channel, Scottish Independence Podcasts, IndiePod Extra. And as the march got going, it became obvious to us all that it was huge. It just kept coming and coming and coming. And again, we have film clips on our TikTok and also our YouTube channel. And it sounded a bit like this. Finally, the march has been allowed to come ahead. The march is at Charing Cross, it's been held back for a wee while. You can hear all the traffic tooting as well. Give you a fair size of the length of the march now. Of course, for those of us who are already persuaded about independence, it's just an added kind of delight actually seeing it. But but even for people who are not persuaded, I think maybe, uh, hopefully, some of them will also watch this footage and listen to the speeches and have something to take away and think about. People were just happy and chatting to one another and, and aware that we hadn't had a, a march like this for quite some time with these numbers. And, uh, you know, I think there was a sense of momentum and, yeah, even a bit of, you know, sort of uplift. And so it is, it, we're in a frustrating situation. You know, we want to go ahead recreating our nation and we're being in this stymied position constitutionally. And I, I think it was, it was really good from that point of view. And the crowd still stretches way into the distance. And that sign, if you can see, it says shagged by the Tories for 15 years and they didn't even buy me dinner. Chaotic combination of dogs and children and prams and bikes yeah. and people wandering yeah. along thinking what's this? Yeah, electric buggies and wheelchairs yeah. and they were and all there. People hanging out at tenement windows and you know tourists standing there saying what's this for? Another thing that struck me is I was wandering through those crowds and um, there's, there's a real mix of ages. Yes, um, wasn't there? There was a real mix of ages on the march. There was also a mix of nationalities as well I thought. 
by that time I was part of the march as well because I'd ended up walking the whole distance so I hadn't been my first aim but anyway I ended up doing it which was which was great you know usually you know we're using an online studio but on Saturday we had a big tent well a reasonable sized tent at least you could stand up in it easily and a couple of chairs and we set ourselves up to try doing a bit of outside broadcasting with our tent studio grateful thanks to lynn from yes slates and yes stones because she provided that studio and she also humped the chairs around her to set them up the idea was we were going to have the chairs with the crowd behind us and we'd have a succession of people joining in. Now that did work to an extent. We did get one willing participant who we're going to hear from now who's called Anne and she gave us her thoughts. Um, As you'll see we were competing against quite a lot of distractions but um, Anne had some interesting things to say. Hello this is Scottish Independence Podcast. We're here the rain's just come on. We have just taken Marlene's behind the camera. That march was immense, wasn't it? Yes, it was huge. It was certainly the biggest one I've seen in years. I was surprised because I thought I was near the front. And then I realised I wasn't anywhere near the front. And I thought I was near the back. And then I realised I wasn't anywhere near the back. So, yeah, it's huge. Absolutely huge. When you kept thinking it had got to an end and then another wave had come, it took 40-odd minutes to come in through the gates huge and I don't know how any of those bikers have got any petrol left to get home because they were revving the entire time. So do you think it's because people wanted an alternative to the telly that the, the turnout's been so good? I think people are just fed up with the way that things are and I think people are starting to see what maybe wasn't visible to them before and it's now becoming happy. Yeah, there's something I think particularly stark the contrast between the opulence that we're paying for for the coronation and people living in poverty, isn't it? And I heard a great um, hashtag the other day, instead of you know the cost of living crisis, it was the cost of the union crisis and I thought let's get that one trending because that is the cost of the union. It absolutely is, if you're trying to persuade people that the union is the place to be food banks and electricity bills that you can't afford. No, absolutely not. So do you think that this might be the start of the movement gearing itself back up again? I think the more that the union struggles to assert its superiority, the more it will turn people off. And Alistair Jack's latest wheeze about saying you can't have any civil service resources for a minister of our government that we voted for. I mean, it's just outrageous. Or you can't have a meeting without a chaperone. Yes, that's it. And you, you can't talk to anybody outside the country. It's bizarre. But the more, the more extreme he gets, the more people are going to see it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the tighter you try to hold on, the more people struggle. Yeah. You and Anne chatting, I was doing a little bit of the camera work there. Um, so now I think what we're going to do is cut to Leslie Rither's speech to the rallies. What a great speech. I was, Leslie's a brilliant speaker anyway, but she was first on. she just had to negotiate the entire sound system, short-circuiting because of the rain, which was torrential at that point. Yeah. Um, but what an elegant speech. Well, thank you. Hello, yes, sirs. Are you totally drook it? 
It could be worse. You could be watching the telly. And that comes for Christian there. There are worse things to be doing with your time today, much worse things than being here. Where are we? Glasgow is the largest city in? And Scotland is the country that gets you walking through the rain like this. It's also home. Who here comes from this country? Who here had the misfortune to be born in Wolverhampton? But it's still home. Who here is from an EU country, Ukraine, a country beyond Scotland that has made this country home? And if you are, you know that you're welcome because that's how we hang. Now this, this all matters because we're here today to, to celebrate the return of independence to the streets. We're here today to say that we have a shape as a set of people and it is a social democracy. We are stuck in a conservative state and we can't thrive like this because that's not who we are. And who we are is also not connected to any of the hangers on, the snobbery, the elitism, the capture of our land, the dukes, the barons, the lords, the ladies, the corrupt House of Lords, the largest unelected assembly outside China, that is not who we are. And who we are is actually very similar to who our neighbors are. A wee quiz for you. In the 27 countries of the EU, how many of them have a big fancy coronation ceremony like what there will be today? How many? None. None. That is how weird what is happening down the road is. Weird. There are 21 republics of the 27 EU states. That's who we are. Amongst the six who have got monarchs, they don't have these ceremonies. The majority of them get the monarch to come to their parliament, you know, elected democratically, that old one, right? And they swear allegiance to the parliament. Now, this is why then, why then is Britain so different? Because that's what it has to be. The mystique, the mystery, the braid, the medals, the gongs, the archaic nonsense, the weird hopping on one leg. It's all Britain has. And it's fine. We're not here to provide free entertainment for the rest of the world. It's fine for them to look in and think, wow, this is amazing. We'd have, have nothing like this in our country. It's like watching upstairs, downstairs. The point is, they don't have to live in it. We do. And we're not having it. It's not who we are. Now, there's another wee thing about this, about the weirdness. You might look around the world and see that there are still 15 Commonwealth realms that have the king or the queen as their head of state. Why is that? because they spent Barbados 2021, declared itself a republic. Yes. How long 
How long did it get, take Barbados, tiny a Barbados, to unweave the constitutional network that British uh, officials had placed within their written constitution when they were allowed to be free in 1966? It took them 40 years. That is how thick the constitutional mesh is, and that is what's keeping these guys with kings and queens as their head of state from a distant country like here. So the next country to go will be Jamaica. They'll go in 2025. But what have they got in their constitution? The British placed a requirement that they need a two-thirds vote to be able to abolish the monarchy. So let's just say they're cute, right? We're not the only people who are finding it extremely hard to have a straightforward expression of our democratic will. But they will do it. And after them, the tiny Bahamas. So things are on the move. The world's on the move. This kind of cravenness, this doffin your cap, doffin your cap, this, this crawling, the, all this stuff is part of a world that is gone. Britain will never catch up because it cannot let go of that imperial past. It's all it can see. We can see everything else. We can see all the possibilities for ourselves. We can see the possibility that we will be an independent country alongside a reunited Ireland alongside an independent Wales and alongside an independent England. And not only will we be in that fabulous situation, an independent country in a new revamped Council of the Isles, we will also be in the Nordic Council because that's who we are as well. We are a North Atlantic social democratic state in the making, in the waiting. And we've waited long enough. So that's what this is all about. And the bard was quoted earlier. There's a different verse that comes to me from a man's a man, uh, which is looking at, you see yon Berkey called a lord, who struts and stares and all that. Though hundreds worship at his word, he's but a coof for all that. For all that and all that. His ribbon star and all that. The folk, oh independent mind, they look and laugh at all that. Thank you. Back in the tent studio, Marlene and I were still trying to have a podcast. We're trying to do our live podcast, but we are competing against speeches. Yeah, it might not make music. Leslie, yeah, very kind of, good. That's fine, isn't it? And I look forward to hearing that speech when yeah. I get home and watch it on catch up because yes. I can't hear it here. Yeah. Um, and we've got music going and we've got rain bashing the roof. <laughs> I mean, I ended up walking most of it because I, you know, I went up to Kelvin Grove Park, yeah. took, um, got a lot of good footage, which, um, which you'll see at some point, and, and then walked down to that bridge that goes over the motorway at Charing oh, yeah, Cross. Yeah. And um, yeah, it took some more, and I thought, okay, I'll get a number two bus, that'll get me to Trongate, that'll be fine. Every blooming bus in Glasgow, I think the route was changed today. So at the time I'd found one, I thought, I might as well 
might as well just walk. So I joined the march on the high street and walked down into the park, which was great. Fabulous. Really good. Yeah. And it was great to see all the banners back again. So just, it does you, it lifts you when you see all those people. And a lot of young people in that march, a yeah. lot of young people in the crowd yeah. and children. Yeah. I got talking to a younger teenager. She was there with her dad. She had a, a placard and things. And turns out she's, she's German. Yeah. And uh, she's over here, uh, going to school here, and look, can we stay in Scotland and then if I'm here for three years I can go to university and be really great. So that's, it was oh, great, it was really good. And I talked to folk in, down from Stonehaven, Sutherland, had a wee chat to someone who went to Bell Baxter School in Cooper, which is where I went to school at one point. This, this March was, um, I don't think it was as big as, you know, the, the ones a few years back. But it, it's pretty big. Absolutely. Pretty big. It wasn't as big as the big, the massive Edinburgh yeah. one or the massive yeah. Glasgow one, the 92,000 yeah. graduate one. But it was certainly up there with some of the, yeah. like the Dundee or the Aberdeen. I'm, I mean, I am no estimator of crowd numbers, but it took 40 minutes yeah. for that march yeah. to come in the gates. Oh, it's coming on to rain again. It is. You're, pro you're probably hearing. You're probably hearing the rain up on the roof, but uh, anyway, let's yeah. carry on and see if, it, see if we can get yeah, it Yeah, well, somewhere. we're recording something. I don't know what it is. But, um, yes, yeah, so we're here. We're pitched in um, with the Yes Stones, who have been doing a roaring trade, as always. I, is that Alex Salmon? Sounds like it? Alex Salmon. Yes, that was a bit of a surprise when I saw him in the crowd, because... Well, he said he was going to... Because he's, he's a privy councillor, he would have got an invite. He said he was going, so he's obviously changed his yeah. mind. Yeah, and I think there was, there was a lot of flack that um, Humza was getting yeah. for going. Yeah. And then people were showing pictures of him at some event of the Privy Council. And I think perhaps he's had to, yeah. you know, put up or shut up, maybe. I think so, yeah. It's said that I uh, understand that the homage of the people is now to be said silently, <laughs> which will stop people having to swear at their television sets. <laughs> Well, in Glasgow, our decoration for Scotland will be loud and proud. Now, countries can move backwards and they can move forwards. In medieval Scotland, the king had to take an oath of allegiance to the people, to the community of the realm. In 21st century England, they think the people should take an oath of allegiance to the king. That's the country moving backwards. But Scotland from 1997 was moving forwards. We established our parliament. We established social change for the better. We made progress towards independence. But that, fellow citizens, has come to a halt. We are now in a situation where qualified Scots can't get in to university where our proud universal health service has people going overseas to pay because they can't wait and suffer in pain. Where in the energy capital of Europe, folk can't afford to turn on their heating. That is the reality of Scotland today. And on the constitutional question, it's turned from being now is not the time to a polite no to get stuffed. That's the reality of Scotland today. And therefore, what is to be done? Well, look around. 
Look around you now. Look at the march we've seen had. The greatest march in Scotland since COVID. One of the greatest marches in Scotland ever. The strongest political force in Scotland is the national movement. In ancient times, the, the city of Sparta had no walls. It didn't need them. The people were the walls of Sparta. Well, you are the walls of Scotland. You are Scotland's defenders. You are Scotland's protectors. And you will ensure progress for our country. Back to the rain. <laughs> Back to the rain. I mean, Kirsty Wark doesn't have to put up with it. Ooh, not at all. Not at all, you know. And this is what we were competing with. It was interesting to see who turned up to do the speeches because, if you recall, back in the leadership campaign, Humza, Kate Forbes and Ash Regan had all said that they would be at the march. I think possibly they hadn't tweaked it was the same day as the coronation. And in the event, Humza went to the coronation. Kate was ill, although she did send um, a message to which was read out. And Ash Regan was there. I mean, I know Humza's had, he's certainly been getting a bit of criticism for choosing to go down to the coronation. Personally, I think it would have been a very bad move if he hadn't gone to the to the coronation. I mean, he's there, yeah, First Minister representing Scotland, representing Scots. Of course we, we want him there. And apart from anything else, it must be a very, very good networking um, opportunity. Networking, yeah, I get. I don't know, there's a bit of me thinks that could have just hijacked the news for the day if it refused to turn up. Oh, exactly. It well, it, it would have. It would have hijacked it, isn't it? I mean, we, we know that. The media would have would have immediately launched in with a whole load of anti, well, it probably would have been anti-SNP, but it would have been anti-independence movement as well. And, and, and also, it would have meant that a friend of mine who lives in Montana wouldn't have had the chance to see our first minister with his whole um, kilt oh, and everything. I mean, you know, her response was, wow, there's a good-looking first minister. Some guys you see with kilt on and you think, mm, no, it doesn't work, doesn't quite work mm. on your bed. He knows how to wear a kilt properly. Passing quickly on. The other speech I thought was had had some very interesting information in it was Joanna Cherry. Now, of course, we know that Joanna Cherry is a, a Casey, um, now she'll be, and had a very interesting perspective on the subject of a 300-year-old union, a union of consent, and how could it be that you would need something that came from a piece of legislation that was only 25 years old to get out of it? Here's Joanna to explain much better than I've just done. Today is a particularly good day to remind the British establishment that in Scotland, it is the people who are sovereign. Not the Parliament and not the King, but the people. And that's really, really important because our sovereignty as Scots and people who live in Scotland means that we have the right to self-determination. And like all other human rights, it's a right that is universal. The right to self-determination is not a right that uniquely Scotland cannot claim. And I say that no matter what the United Kingdom Supreme Court may have said in a recent court case, which I think was both misconceived and misguided. 
Scotland has the right to self-determination because the union between Scotland and England is a union of consent. So it's a union that can be ended by the will of the people living in Scotland. And no 25-year-old devolution act, no British government and no court can ever deny that basic democratic reality. The, the, union, the union which we currently have with England is 300 years old. So it's constitutional nonsense to say that it can only be brought to an end by a referendum backed by a Section 30 order from an Act of Parliament that's only 25 years old. We need to move away from going cap in hand to the British government asking for a Section 30 order. And instead, we need to find another democratic way to express our sovereignty. Now, our movement for self-determination has come a long way in the last 10 years. And the SNP has had a huge role to play in that. And I know the SNP have hit a bit of a bump in the road at the moment, and we face some challenges. But I can tell you this, no matter how big those challenges are, the SNP is a party with a proud history and some really great people in it. So we're going to sort out our problems and be back in the vanguard of the independence movement. But it's important to remember today that the movement for independence is much bigger than the SNP and it exists independently of the SNP. Later on in the afternoon, the rain eased off a little and the sun came out. And Marlene, you went off and got us um, some more vault spots. <laughs> yes, I decided it was safe to move to move out of the studio tent, uh, and, uh, and and then realised we were just more or less next door to Glasgow Pensioners for India, and then beyond them was uh, Craig Dale from Commonwealth. So yeah, so we could hear a little bit from them. Had a good day. Yeah. Really good. Great, Great match, wasn't it? Oh, I didn't go away without saying hello. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, we managed to get ourselves in a tent, so relatively speaking, we're dry. Well, it just quote, down, didn't it? To quote that fine Scottish <laughs> historical movie, Braveheart, this is fine Scottish weather. The rain's coming straight down. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, such a good match, actually, yeah. compared with recent ones. It looked like I don't, I have no idea what the numbers were, but certainly with the crowds coming yeah. in, this, this has been a really good day. We've, we've done ourselves, we've done ourselves good. I'm sorry I can't show you around the Commonwealth stall. We had no, to hide right. it from the weather. You've still got your cookies out. Just, I'm not about bribing a journalist. No. Would you like him up? And... Well, there you go. <laughs> He's just bribed me. <laughs> no, it's been really, been really good seeing folk, and, and we've had a lot of interest here. Folk coming up to, especially to see our new book sorted. There's so, yeah, so yeah, dozens yeah. of them today. Um, yeah, folk, folk coming up to, to, to say hello, say, say they've been looking out for us and uh, appreciate the work we're doing. So. Yeah, I'm on a high. It's good. Anybody who's been to the marches knows that the Yes Stones is a really popular part of the whole event, and people were astoundingly generous this time. There was a whole load of stones from a whole load of different artists, and the suit, as fast as the, the shelves were being emptied, they were being filled up again with more, and people were just loving taking away a little treasure to themselves. 
people are very generous. They they give donations and it all goes into a bucket. And Marlene and I were charged with <laughs> trying to have a go at counting this. Well, we, we, we lost count when we got to over £1,200, which was a fantastic total, yeah. definitely the best. So it got up to nearly 1300 didn't yeah. it? £1,300. I mean, that's just phenomenal. And even as, as you and I were helping them clear away all the yes stones, uh, you know, equipment and shells and everything, there was this wee lad who was still looking at the stones that were, and I think it was his granny who was with them. He was, and, and he liked ones with spiders on them. So we found him a couple of uh, spiders on her. She was just standing there with her wallet ready to take out a tenner or something and, you know, put that in again. And it's lo- it's really lovely seeing, I mean, it's lovely just seeing people's response to the actual stones themselves. And then you get uh, also a very generous response in, 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 the, in the donations and, so all of that, I think, was being given to uh, food banks. Yeah. So we, let's hear from Lynn now explaining exactly what what's going to happen. Twelve hundred quid. I'm still counting. <gasps> oh, Marlene, that is amazing. So that, does that not show you the generosity of people, yeah. and that everyone here understands that people are hurting, and this is going to people that really need it. You know, um, you're going to give it to you. I think what we're saying, because it's so much, it's not going to go to one food bank. It's usually food banks that give it to, but we'll split it. So, for example, Alistair, I was talking to there, has come down from Thurshall, so he's going to find somewhere up there. So we'll try and spread it across Scotland so that... Because even if we split it, like, four or five ways, you're talking about £200 each. That's a good boost for the food bank. So, brilliant. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Near the end of the rally, so we're looking at all the yes stones and yes Yeah, it's true actually. It's a nice peaceful way, isn't it? It's not confrontational. Oh, yes. You wonder yeah. how many that you've done that have maybe been thrown into bins or anything, but I'll just keep paying anyway. Too bad. I know. A friend of mine does in Roslyn, and I, I get some from her every now and again. I put them out around Victoria Park, and I'm sure some of them get lifted up and put in the bins. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, 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 I put wee houses, and usually I put them on the way in, and the time I'm coming out, they're Gone. Yeah. So I think some people like ready houses. I keep the um, other ones, the smaller ones, put on Union Jack red, or anything that's got a Union Jack on it gets a yes sticker or a salt. <laughs> I might be arrested soon. <laughs> Get your hood up. Don't worry, we'll destroy it rather than get arrested. I hear the organisers of the um, Not My King in London were arrested. Before they did anything. 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 Before they did 
It's not democracy anymore. Look at the world as if you can help. So now, but to us, disagree with something. You and I did come a, a, across a royalist event in George Square on our way back mm -hmm. to Wee Street Station, didn't we? I mean, you know, as they were in front of the cenotaph and uh, holding up, each of them holding up a card that said, God save the king. And unfortunately for them, 14 of them had turned up to that. Otherwise, uh, they would have, someone would have had to have had to hold up two letters. It would have been God save the king. I mean, good on them for doing it. But when you look at the difference, well, whether you watch the coronation on Saturday or whether you're on the march with us, I hope you enjoyed that little walk through what we were doing in Glasgow. It was a, it was a great day. We needed it. You know, it joined, it buoyed people up and it certainly led us, you know, it's what a great feeling to be back out the streets again yeah. and campaigning. So hopefully yeah. the first of many successful marches over the summer. The other event that we weren't at was Carlton Hill, which was organised by Our Republic. And a couple of weeks ago now we did a podcast from... Uh, Radical Independence campaign meeting where they were planning Carlton Hill. So we've got the footage from the speeches from that. So we're planning on putting those out as a separate podcast because that's just too too much to, to cram into one. It, it is. It's a bit too much, and it's also a bit of a slightly. It's a different take on the on the day. Yeah. I mean, the Independence marches. You know, it was putting our wish for independence right next to what was going on down at Westminster Abbey. And the one at Calden Hill is very specifically, it's a pro-republic um, uh, and, and the speeches are, are much more um, aligned with that. It'll be really interesting to see how this conversation develops because it does feel as if, um, certainly with what's happening in other countries as well, you know, Jamaica, Bermuda, what have you, are all reputed to be reconsidering their, um, their use of our monarchy, never my day monarchy. Uh, so, yeah, could be a, a topic whose time has come. However, I, I just before we finish, I have to say, I think the two people who really carried it off were Penny Mordaunt holding the sword mm -hmm. and Princess Anne, partly her rig outs. I mean, she did. What was she she wearing? Oh, she had, well, she's the colonel in chief of one of the guards regiment and she had the cloak on and everything and she and she had this uh, bicorn hat. I saw someone on, on Twitter saying, and Princess Anne has arrived completely ready to go and defeat Napoleon should it be necessary because you know she looked like a Duke of Wellington and then at the end of it her horse is there waiting for her to get on it and, and then she rides back along the mall you know behind the state coach on 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 her horse I mean I think Penny Morton and Princess Anne you know uh, whatever <laughs> Oh, that's it for this week hope you enjoyed that thanks for listening everybody and if you want to watch the visuals from this podcast you'll get it on our youtube channel scottish independence podcasts indiepod extra and if you'd like to contact us at all you can always email us indiepodcasters at gmail.com or check out our website scottishindiepod.scot and don't forget to subscribe catch you later bye now